and welcome to the week five edition of the Circa Contest Picks Podcast between Matt Brown and Brett Colson. Brett, we did not win the quarter prize, but that is okay. We needed four weeks to figure out what these teams were. Now we're reset here and we are going after the 143K over the next four weeks here. So this is how we're going to do it. We're starting out the week five and oh, that's what we're going to do, my friend. Yeah, I'm feeling good about this week. It's a weird. It's another weird one. I feel this like, one is a very uh, listen. I'm saying that with uh, a little tongue in cheek here. This has just some really weird games. There's weird injury uh-huh. situations and a bunch of weird spreads as well. And it's, of course, as always, guys, with this circuit contest, we have to play the odds that are presented. So if news were to break on, you know, late Saturday or early Sunday morning, that would drastically affect how these lines look. That is too bad. So sad for us. We have to play the lines that are given and also the picks have to be in by Saturday afternoon. So if anything were to break on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, that does not affect how we go whatsoever. So uh, did you think that any of these lines before we really get into them here were have the chance to be stale? Not really, I guess. I think the only one I could see moving maybe a point or two would be the Chiefs. If for whatever reason we wake up on Sunday morning and they rule out T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack both. And I think that when people see that, that that will make them feel more comfortable laying the big number with the Chiefs. For the contest purposes, the Chiefs are minus 11. Uh, Maybe if it became, you know, public knowledge that both of these players that, you know, everyone's heard of and everyone knows are such key parts of this offense, maybe that would would trigger a move. But that's, you know, that's kind of about it. The only one I'm thinking maybe might be the Eagles with Darnold now ruled out. I feel like it's well on the East Coast, especially. I mean, that there's no way that that closes at 13 and a half. But. Um, I think that'll get to 14, maybe 15. Reviewing last week, credit where credit is due. We were on the opposite side of three games. And Brett comes out the winner on that one, two to one. Uh, the Bears took care of business over the Vikings in what could only be described as the most disgusting game I've ever <laughs> watched in my entire life. Oh, my God, that game was so horrible. See, the thing is, I love watching that defense. I actually enjoyed watching that game. Well, I mean, both defenses, actually. I mean, like the Bears offense didn't do anything either. It was just it was a battle of attrition, essentially. And and the Bears just came out on top because Kirk Cousins is absolutely atrocious. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it was just a battle of two really good defenses is all that was. And and it was I mean, it it was not really anything, you know, if you're if you're a fan of offense that you would be really into Vikings had several chances to win that game, actually. And just Kirk Cousins could not make the big play, which actually is something we've talked about on the our podcasts here on this network several times so i don't know why i decided to back them yet again but yeah you know, he did it against the packers too yeah yeah i mean it's just like literally he makes one play and and they win that game but uh not to be the saints actually covered in what was maybe the weirdest game of the week in which the saints won a football game without scoring a touchdown over the Dallas Cowboys, who did score a touchdown, and somehow the Cowboys were were not able to win the game. The Saints win with, yes, four field goals gets it done in that game. So you win that one. I won the Seahawks easily. They cruised to victory over the Cardinals in that one. Uh, covered the five relatively easily. What this does is put us on 
uh, on sides where we're opposite here, four to three on the season record here. So basically, we're still coin flipping every time we're on opposite sides of games here. Interesting this week. We are not on the opposite sides of any games this week. We are on the same in two. So it will be interesting filling out the card. So let's go ahead and just start with the two that were on the same side here. And first and foremost is the Texans minus four and a half. Yeah, I, I think the Texans are going to blow doors in this game. There are a lot of bad offensive lines in the league right now, but this Atlanta unit is right up there among the worst, and they've got their hands full this week against Watt, Merciless, McKinney. I don't think Matt Ryan will have enough time to pick apart this weakest unit of this Houston team, and that's the secondary. Uh, and he, I mean, he's got the weapons to do it, but I don't think he's going to have enough time to, to get the ball to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And on the other side of the ball, how is Atlanta going to stop Watson and Hopkins? I think this is a, a get-right spot for both those guys against this defense that is likely without Grady Jarrett. Even if Jarrett plays this week, he's going to be hobbled at best. Um, I capped this at seven, so I don't know why this is, what, four and a half is at the line here we're getting? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not as bullish on, on this one. It did make my card. I'm not as bullish on this one as you are because, I mean, you're talking about offensive lines, and Houston Texans are right up there as far as terrible offensive lines go. So uh, certainly something I'm not really, you know, j- jumping off, jumping up and down here about saying, oh, yeah, let's definitely, uh, well, let's definitely take this Houston Texans team. That being said, a lot of that can is is really on Deshaun Watson. I rewatched that game, and you know, at least two of the sacks he took last week. He, by the way, was sacked six times. At least two of the sacks he took, I thought, were kind of on him. It seemed like he was holding the ball way, way too long in pocket awareness. It, it was it's just really not there a lot of times with Deshaun Watson. I think what I look at here is, you know, look, this is a big play offense. Big plays can be had against this Houston team. And last week, if Deshaun Watson connects on a couple of wide open receivers downfield, once to Fuller and once to Watson, once uh, to Watkins, like this is a different, um, this is totally a, a different. I mean, Hopkins, God, I said Watkins. Uh, Hopkins, if, if, if he connects on those, it's a totally different view of this Texans team, I think. you know. And listen, that was strictly on Watson as well, right? I mean, like he missed two wide open receivers. He wasn't even under pressure when, uh, when he had to throw both of those balls. And you know, he just makes accurate passes. They get in the end zone. That's two additional touchdowns. Everything is different about how people are looking at this Houston Texans team here. And really what it comes down to is I actually think Ryan will move. I mean, I don't know what would make you think that he's not going to be. I mean, he's thrown for over 300 yards in every single game so far this year, including 400 yards in one of the games. I mean, he's still throwing. He's still getting um, he, he's still getting the ball downfield. He's still able to con- to uh, con- connect on. You know, he's got really good receivers. I mean, it's if it's if they're blanketing Julio Jones, he's not afraid to go to Austin Hooper and, and whatever. He's got some of these secondary receivers and whatnot. I just don't think that this uh Falcons defense is going to be able to to shut down the Texans offense and so I think that basically what happens is the Texans will just outscore the Falcons in this game yeah same so you like the over is what you're is what you're saying yeah yeah I just think they'll outscore them in this game I don't necessarily think it's it's one of those things where you know the Falcons offense is going to have that much trouble either it's just there will be more stops on the Texans side than there will be on the Falcon side whenever it comes down to everything. But yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, like if you look at how this is 
you know, kind of like breaking down here. I mean, the Falcons, one of the lowest rated pass blocking units, according to uh, pro football focus in the entire NFL. I mean, way down kind of in that bottom actually come in at 21st in the league. So as you and, you know, that's like, you know, the teams that are below them, right? I mean, it's like the Jets, the Dolphins, as we saw the Rams who have Swiss cheese for an offensive line as well. The Redskins. I mean, like these are the type of teams that are that are below the Falcons when it comes to pass blocking units. So it's been um, it's been a rough go for those guys for sure. So, yeah, feel good about that one. I like the I like the Texans minus four and a half for contest purposes. So once we uh, looked at our our picks here, one of the other ones that was definitely going to make it because it is your must make, but we're on the same side is the Jaguars. Jaguars plus three and a half. So we're actually getting a hook here. We're getting, you know, more than a field goal on the road at the Panthers in this one. It looks like Jalen Ramsey not going to play for the Jaguars been ruled out here. Now they're saying it's a back issue, but really it's because he doesn't want to be on the team. And then Dante Jackson, a really speedy corner for the Panthers is going to be ruled out out as well for uh, them. So, you know, look, two corners that are out. So maybe that kind of negates a little bit of what's going on here. I mean, Dante Jackson, not the greatest cover corner, but one of the things he has is super elite speed. So one of those guys that can really at least stay with these guys when you target them down the field here. But when you look at this one, Brad, I mean, this one was your must make. What was what was it about Jags three and a half that this was like this needs to be on the card? I mean, this is Jags money line to me. Look at this. Look at the list of injuries here for the Panthers. Kwan Short, IR, he's out. Gerald McCoy, he's been he's been hurt all season. He's not his full self. Brian Burns, Greg Little, Trey Turner, Eric Reed, like you said, Dante Jackson. These are all starters. This is this is the Kyle Allen back to earth game for me. Even with Jalen Ramsey out, and the Jags should have no problem moving the ball up and down the field against this triage unit. I mean, Minshew has looked great. They're finding ways to get Fournette in some space where he thrives. And the skill players for Jacksonville as a whole are, are underrated and performing. DJ DJ Chark has been tremendous this year, and I like Conley and Didi as well. So I love the Jags here. I I thought this should have been around Panthers minus one, but I mean I would I'd be okay with this just being a pick. I, I really like the Jags here. Yeah, I'm really for me this just comes this really kind of just comes down to the fact that. I think that it's getting a little overvalued here that there's a little bit of hype around Kyle Allen. You know, the defense, I mean, the offense has seemingly performed, really hasn't missed a beat, I guess you could say, since Cam Newton went down. But like the problem with that is, is the offense really wasn't rolling with Cam Newton either, you know, and I'm not saying that this Panthers offense has looked, you know, bad with Kyle Allen under center but what I will say is this has really been just a Christian McCaffrey show and I I don't I don't I'm not an NFL coach I don't know how the Jaguars are going to scheme here for the Panthers but it seems to me Brett and again we're assuming rational coaching here but if you assume rational coaching I would just say you know what we are not going to let Christian McCaffrey and his 30 plus touches that he's likely to get in this game beat us we're going to make this quarterback that is still only making his fourth start in the league 
we're going to make him go ahead and and beat us in this game. And, and you know, listen, yeah, you might not have Jalen Ramsey, but you still have A.J. Bouye out there in the secondary. And I believe that, you know, you, you force this guy to throw it on you and don't let Christian McCaffrey control the ball. They take the air out of the ball. Don't let them do that to you. And, and you know, I don't know. For me, I'm assuming rational coaching here, and I know that's gotten us in trouble before. Yeah, I'm with you. Force Allen and there's re- these receivers to make plays. Force Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore to beat you. I'm not convinced either one of those guys is actual actually a receiver yet. So I mean, f- yeah, like force the Jag. The Jags do have a lot missing with Ramsey off the field. And they AJ do. They Boye. do. They do and because AJ he's Boye the guy that like because he's the guy that at least you know for sure one of the receivers is getting shut down. Like, I mean, like, so you, you at least have that in your back pocket that you just know for sure. If you just say, Hey, Jalen, you're going to cover wide receiver X or wide receiver Y or wide receiver Z, whatever it is, that guy is, is not, I mean, he's basically removed from the game at that point. But I still look at Samuel and Moore as more like gadget players. They're not, they're not receivers yet. You know, they're still learning how to play the position. So I'm not too worried about that. I, I just I see this as a Jags outright win because of all these injuries on the Panthers side. Do we how do we feel about, you know, the fact that there is at least the scenario here where the Jags decide to just, you know, go back to what they were doing and just pound Leonard Fournette, you know, 25 times into the middle of the line. I mean, that's like my only worry here, right? Like is because they want to do that. It's like the Cowboys, right? Like they get stubborn and they just want to do it no matter what, whether it's working or whether it's not working. They just feel like the right thing to do is to make sure that he gets his 20 plus touches. And if that means, you know, two yards and a cloud of dust into the middle of a defensive line, then they will just continue to do that. That's kind of the only thing that worries me here. But again, this 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 made my card, made your card. I'm hoping, again, assuming rational coaching decisions here, that they will not just decide, and, you know, whatever. Maybe the run game gets going and maybe it is something that, that, that works for them. But I would much prefer to see them try and go ahead and, and attack a secondary that's going to be down several starters here and uh, utilize some of these uh, some of these weapons they have. One of the it's it's like they're sneaky deep at wide receiver this Jaguars team, and we've never really had to say that before because they've had such garbage under center that none of these wide receivers really have ever been relevant because the quarterback play has been so incredibly bad. But they're they're actually sneaky deep. When you look at their at their wide receiver depth chart, you're like, oh, that like that's like four guys that can actually play. Yeah, those are football players, like yeah. all of them. So. I, I see some mismatches there in that secondary versus some of these guys. So I like it. All right. So my must play here. So we at least have three that are going to make the card is bears minus five over in London against this uh, piss poor Raiders team here. And yeah, the Raiders came out and surprised everybody last week, but this is now the third leg of this road trip from hell. If you listen to any of our preseason previews, you'll realize that the Raiders are going to be on. They don't play a home game for over a month and a half. It is just absolutely insane. They are traveling thousands and thousands and thousands of miles on this road trip. Uh, I don't know why the NFL did this to this team. This is technically, quote unquote, a home game for them. Yeah, a West Coast team is playing a home game in London. So go figure. But uh, only five points here. And one of the things that, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky is sitting down here. But Brett, I want to get your thoughts here. My initial 
inkling here. One, we've seen a lot of Chase Daniel, right? This is a guy that's actually played in the NFL. This is a dude that's got starts under his belt, a guy that has a lot of playing time. So it's not like they're throwing a green quarterback in there either. But on top of that, you look at this and Vontez Burfick suspended for the entire season now for the Raiders. Tyrell Williams apparently is actually truly questionable to go in this game. He's been dealing with a hip issue for the last few weeks and apparently this is it's kind of like starting to catch up with him here. And again, been on the road for a long time. So hasn't been able to get the the treatment and stuff at your home facilities that you'd normally be able to get. So you look at that coming into play as well here. This line didn't even come down whenever the, there was a question about whether Trubisky was going to play or not, which lets us know that Vegas and everyone else, the, the East Coast, whoever, doesn't see really any sort of drop off between Trubisky and Chase Daniel here. So if there's no drop off at quarterback, no back from a backup quarterback here with this Bears defense that you t- we talked about at the top of the the show here against a Raiders offense that could be down there, they're really like their only big outside playmaker. They'll still have Waller, but you know, uh, really their only big downfield playmaker for this Raiders team. I just don't see how they put up enough points to keep it within five here. Yeah, I I have an anti-London game rule, but I, I totally get your argument here with the Raiders travel schedule. And I think I think we actually might be getting a little line value with Chase Daniel. There might be a little a little built in overreaction to the Trubisky injury uh, that was that's where it opened. But I don't I don't think he's worth even a half point over Daniel. Uh, I think they're pretty much the same. So I, I think I think this is fine. I could totally see the Bears rolling here by like 20. Right. And I think so. it's I think a very real scenario to me is like a like a 20 to three game or a 20 yeah. to seven game, you know, something like that. Like, I don't think it's going to be fireworks by any stretch of the imagination, but the Bears score just enough points. And then that defense just does what that defense does against this Raiders offense. And, you know, we look at kind of a semi boring but convincing win by the Bears. And this one is at one o'clock, right? It's not one of those early, right? Yeah, super this early one, games. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's it'll it'll be yeah one o'clock Eastern, ten o'clock uh, Pacific over here. So uh, yeah, feeling pretty good about that one. So that is three plays that have made the card already this week. This is pretty awesome. So that does in fact though leave us with a few plays that have not made the card here that we're going to talk through and kind of give our rationale and see if we can't talk the other one into getting a card on the play. The first one that you have listed here that you like this week that I actually despise is Giants plus five. (laughs) So uh, give me the rationale here for uh, Giants plus five here against this Vikings defense. Well, I capped this at two and a half, so this looks way off to me. I don't get it, man. These these Vikings home road splits are a real thing, but the market does not adjust and the betters don't seem to care. The Vikings, they, they appear to be one of the more popular sides again this week, even after they got just, well, I, it's, it felt like they got destroyed last week. I know it was a closer game than the, the, you know, the box score showed. Um, but I mean, looking at the ticket count this week, people are back on the Vikings. It's kind of mind blowing. Uh, this is a very different setup than last week. The bears against the Vikings offensive line was a massacre all night. That's why they won without much of a sweat. Uh, this week, Cousins, he's going to have more time and his receivers will be able to, to separate more against this Giants defense. But we're catching seven points more than we were last week with the Bears. And we've got a better offense, I think, with Danny Dimes under center. Uh, and I, I take every opportunity to fade the Vikings off a win at home. This is a little different, but they're still on the road outdoors. I think the Giants just win this game outright. 
Oh, I'll book that action for you when we get off the podcast. You can you can just bet with me, Vic Free. Um, I, I, I I absolutely will. Yeah. I, I have a great feeling about that this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, a pass coverage, uh, a, a, a pass rush. Pass rush grade of 59 from Pro Football Focus for the Giants. That is only worse. That that is only better than the Dolphins and Jets. They have a coverage grade of 47. That yeah, also that also is only better than the Bengals and Dolphins. And I understand. Yeah, we make fun of Kirk Cousins when he is going to be under pressure because he can't make good decisions and he can't make plays. But he's not going to be under pressure and he's not going to have to make split decisions and he's not going to have to do that. He's actually going to have time to throw. And look, look, that's when that's how Kirk Cousins basically got paid all of this money is when he actually has time. He looks like a really good NFL quarterback. The fact of the matter is, is you have to do more than that in the NFL to actually be a true, really good quarterback. And the problem with and the reason the Vikings are never going to go anywhere is because, yeah, you're going to play teams that have good pass rushes and have good coverage grades. And Kirk Cousins is never going to be a guy that gets it done for you. But that is not going to be the scenario in this game right here. So not only do I think that they will be able to move the ball through the air, you know, I'm not going to say relatively easy, but 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 easy. Um, the other thing is Danny Dimes hasn't even seen a defense anywhere even close to this. I mean, like this is he he's seen he's seen the Bucks and the Redskins. I mean, like we're we're talking now. This is a legit, real, uh, awesome defense in the in the National Football League here that is going to show him all kinds of uh, different coverages, going to show him all kinds of you know blitzes and and things like that. I mean, th- he didn't look that great last week against a Redskins defense that is one of the worst in the entire league. And this Vikings defense is on a completely other level of, of what this, uh, of what this giants, honestly, recency bias is the only reason this, this, uh, this game didn't make my card. I have to be honest with you, just because the Vikings burnt me so bad last week, I will fully admit that I'm doing gambler's fallacy of recency bias and whatever. I, I just, it's just, I wouldn't feel good backing the Vikings yet again like it would hurt me on the inside like I would want to vomit but it's that's really the only reason I mean we're looking at at Daniel Jones last week he only threw for 225 yards and got picked twice by the uh, by the Redskins I mean this this Vikings team is going to is is going to have a field day against him and and that offensive line I mean he does he does get a nice little security blanket with Golden Tate back that is is that worth a point no but I think it it does add a, a, a different element to this offense that you know he, he will have golden tate an experienced guy uh a great slot player to to, to rely well, but, on but here's the question though where the where's he gonna play because sterling Shepard plays best out of the slot you basically have a tight end evan in, in ingram that is a slot receiver as well i mean wh- wh- where's he gonna play how's this like, i mean <laughs> like, like, like have to play 10 personnel yeah i, I mean like, what's going on i mean i don't even know where he's going to fit in here like are they they're gonna ta- are they really gonna take Shepard off the field or are they gonna take ingram no. off the field of course not like so i just don't know i don't know where they're even gonna play golden tate unless like they try to like put the square peg in the round hole and play him outside or play Shepard outside or something, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that was, that was the most baffling signing of the off season. Like, why are you signing golden Tate? Yeah. When I you know. already have, you already have golden Tate on your offense. I know. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, so this, I don't even know where he's going to play. So I didn't even like put him into the equation really, as far as, as far as, as anything here. So anyway, um, we we can come back around to this one. I actually hate this play. So let's 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 uh, let's let's move on here. Maybe you hate one of mine as well, and we can uh, we can just trade barbs here. But my next one 
is uh, the one that made my card that, that, that did not make yours is Titans minus three at home against this Bills team that's going to be starting Matt Barkley. And this is a scenario where this Titans defense doesn't get uh, heralded as much as, you know, the the Bills defense or even the Patriots defense so far this year, the Bears defense or even this Vikings defense. But this Titans defense is actually really, really good. And unfortunately, I've actually watched this Titans team play several games this year because I've had action on them. But I mean, this is a legitimate this is a legitimate defense in the NFL that does every like doesn't do anything super well, but does everything good. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not one of those things where like, oh my God, it's they're the craziest, you know, at this, that, or the other. Whenever we look at some of these other teams where we say, man, this pass rush is amazing, but they're whatever here. Or, oh my God, their coverage is amazing, but they lack rush defense. They're they're the Titans are like basically top twelve in everything in the in in the league which to me I actually feel pretty good about that there's no real way to exploit this team from a Bills offensive perspective and then I mean you as a Bills fan know it's not like the Bills offense is lighting up the scoreboard as it is anyway so with Matt Barkley under center I know you I know Josh Allen has been a little careless with the ball this year but Josh Allen also makes plays as well um to me, I think it's a fairly significant downgrade and then going on the road and playing a Tennessee Titans team. I almost look at this one the same way when we were talking about the Bears game earlier. It's not going to be a fun game to watch. It's not going to be a pretty game to watch, but I could definitely see a Titans 20 to 7, 20 to 10, you know, like some kind of gross 20 to 13 type type game type win here. I've gone back and forth on this game quite a bit. It's it's kind of the same situation as Chicago here for me, a quarterback. I don't think either quarterback is worth a whole lot over the other. I, I and, and Allen hasn't been ruled out yet, has he? I think he's... Well, n- no, but I think it's not good that he hasn't practiced yet. I mean, I guess so, I'm just assuming here. And, and I guess let's look at it this way. That's the other thing about this contest, right, is we have to do some assuming because because, you know, our picks have to be in before a lot of these things uh, get made, you know, get made official. So we kind of have to we kind of have to just assume some things here. So he was limited practice Wednesday, Thursday, full practice today, but he hasn't been cleared yet. So we don't know, but I, I kind of hope we get Josh Allen name the starter by Saturday so that people kind of veer off the Titans. I still like the Titans even if Allen starts. I think I don't think he's worth anything more than than Matt Barkley. I think Matt, Matt Barkley's fine. Um you got the Titans on the other side, they get Taylor Lewan back. The offense looks semi efficient. And you're right, this is a very good underrated unit on defense. I'm good with this pick. I think the Titans are better and uh yeah, I think it's a good contest play. All right. So, wow, here we are with four already. Now, this is a, uh, oh. Three or four. How many we got? We got. Holy mackerel. No, yeah, we're at four. We're at Jags, Texans, Bears, Titans. So we only have Bears, one. Bears, yeah, that's right. We only, have, we only have one left. So uh, it's actually going to come down, I think, to these two picks here. And actually, I would be good with either one. Your next one is Browns plus three and a half. And then I had Cowboys minus three and a half. Um, Both of these plays seem about as far as power rankings for me seem about kind of on the level. And I'll just start with mine since you started uh, since you started with yours last time. I'll go with. Oh, no, no. I went with the Texas. So, yeah, go ahead with you on Browns plus three and a half. I just think this is a really good spot to fade this fraud 
undefeated Niners squad. I know there are a lot of things pointing to San Francisco here. The Browns coming off a big win, so the market shifted. Uh, Niners with an extra week of rest to prepare. And those things are, are no- I would normally buy into those, but this is this is not a better team than Cleveland, even with the coaching advantage, which might be pretty significant. Yeah, well, this- I think we can probably say it likely is. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. But yeah, definitely. I think if you if which we said we were going to start doing, which we should do is is also capping these coaches. And yeah, I, you certainly have to give the coaching advantage to the 49ers here. Yeah. And, and this Browns offensive line has been much improved over the past couple weeks they were a disaster the first two weeks i think they can contain this front four and protect baker so that he's not running backwards all night a la the rams game that was i I don't know what the hell that was um (laughs) he just the guy just crumbled under pressure it might have been aaron donald honestly i don't know i i I don't know but um and and for the if you're the browns give the ball to nick chubb let him work his magic he's one of the few true game changers in the backfield in this league he can break a game wide open we've seen it happen countless times so i think this is a game the browns could definitely just win i love the number here we're getting three and a half uh i'm taking every opportunity to fade the niners right now uh jarvis landry was cleared from the concussion protocol so he'll be out there for the browns kind of throw some water on the antonio callaway thing he will be back also as well for the browns coming off of suspension there one of the things i mean and, and it didn't play into the game last week obviously but Uh, Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward, still doubtful uh, for this Browns team. So I guess it just depends on, you know, do we think that Jimmy Garoppolo and this 49ers team coming off of a bye is going to be able to exploit, you know, that as well. Tevin Coleman returned to practice, so he's likely to be back this week as well. Don't know if that really changes our view on anything. I think Breda is just as a fine replacement there and and whatever. But Tevin Coleman, certainly a more more talented dude. So it looks like he's going to be back for uh, the 49ers as well in this thing. What do you think about Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward being doubtful yet again and the 49ers having two weeks to prepare for this game? I mean, we we liked the Ravens last week because... Yeah. Of Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. So that was confusing to me. I thought that the Ravens would Same. be able to, to capitalize on that, and it didn't happen. So maybe that was, I mean, Lamar Jackson wasn't good last week. Yeah, so maybe he, that- his inaccuracies certainly showed showed their ugly head. Like there were, there were times where exactly what we thought could happen happened, and he just missed Hollywood Brown. I mean, like there were, we figured, we were like, man, with the way, I mean, Hollywood Brown runs this 4-3-40. They're down their top two corners. He's going to get behind this defense at least a couple times. He did. But the problem was, is Lamar Jackson just uh, didn't just miss him, but missed him like like by like six yards, like a couple of different times. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was certainly not it was certainly not pretty here. So I don't know. Does Jimmy Garoppolo take advantage more than more than than Lamar Jackson does? I mean, what do you how do you what's your gut tell you? Probably. But until I see Jimmy G consistently carve up defenses, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, like, I, I still don't know what this kid is, so I can't I can't trust that he's going to honestly. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I, I just he's got I mean, he's got some decent weapons. Obviously, Kittle is, is a man child. Um, you know, he's got Debo and I, like they, I, I don't see them just moving like moving the ball, marching down the field against this defense. I don't know. So let's take a look at. um Let's go ahead and take a look here at my uh, other one here and see. I have the Cowboys minus three and a half, and this is kind of more 
a situation of I think this is a little bit of an overreaction to the Cowboys looking like such garbage last week. But when you consider what the Packers are going to be doing coming into this game, one road game at the road on in Dallas and Arlington there, Jamal Williams going to be out and you say like, well, you know, I mean, it's it's Jamal Williams. But yeah, I mean, they he was a guy that was getting used fairly regularly in this offense for the Packers, certainly a guy that they like to use through the pass game out of the backfield and whatnot. Anyway, he's going to be out. Of course, you saw that absolutely terrible, brutal hit that he took. Devontae Adams is trending towards being out. We're taping this, of course, on Friday afternoon, so there's not much we can really do about it. You know, like we can't really go any any deeper into it. We just have to say that he's trending to be out here. So no Jamal Williams, no Devontae Adams, Packers on the road. Cowboys look like garbage last week. They get back Michael Gallup this week, it looks like as well, to have a true number two wide receiving option there for for Dak, I just kind of think this is a buy low spot on this Cowboys team against a Packers team that's going to be missing two fairly key weapons on offense. And, uh, you know, they get to come back home and try and uh, maybe maybe wipe the blood off their elbows and, and dust off their their knees here from that absolute just disgusting game against the Saints last week. I didn't know what to do with this because there are key injuries on both sides here. You mentioned Devontae Adams. Kevin King also not looking good for the the Packers. That's a big one in their secondary. But for the Cowboys, you've got two offensive linemen here, Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. Those are huge injuries on uh, on that offensive line. And you you beat the Packers by running the football with those two guys out. I don't know what this offensive line is going to look like. So I kind of threw this one away. I didn't know what to do with it. I kind of liked Green Bay because of the number, but I'm not sure. Interesting. So this one, you did not, you were not in love with this one. So if that's the case... Then I mean I told you I absolutely I mean I absolutely totally crapped on your Giants plus five so I'm allow I will allow you <laughs> if you want to crap on this one that's perfectly fine and we can go uh, Browns plus three and a half I mean that is uh, I'm I, not I'm not crapping on it like I get it I, this is this is a pretty good buy low spot I just the, the offensive line injuries are I mean that that's that's where this the, everything starts with the offensive line for the Cowboys and I just don't I don't know what they're going to look like if Collins and Smith are both out that's that's huge so. this is what we'll do and this is you know we'll just we'll put the caveat here in the uh in this we're going to we're going to put Browns plus three and a half on the card with the caveat that you know our picks aren't due until Saturday at two o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time and if we get news between now and then that changes our mind on this Cowboys game then we will at least reserve the right to make the change if we decide to. How about that? Sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Let's do it. Let's let's do that. So here we go. Jags plus three and a half, Texans minus four and a half, Bears minus five, Titans minus three, and then we're going Browns plus three and a half, with the caveat that if, you know, Devontae Adams definitely gets ruled out and Gallup is a hundred percent back in and both the offensive linemen are gonna play for the Cowboys, that you and I will at least talk through it and see if it makes more sense or makes us feel better about going with the Cowboys. But instead, until then, Browns plus three and a five, three and a half is on the card. And I, I think that is a really good backup plan regardless. So uh, feeling good about this card. I feel good about going five and oh here. We got to make a run towards that uh, 143,000 because that would be fun to win. Yeah, it's a fresh start, man. Everybody's everybody's O and O right now. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys, appreciate you listening. Of course, head over to the lines. All the previews that you have for all these uh, island games that you're going to be betting anyway. So be sure and take a look at those at at uh, the lines and play picks as well. We got the videos on the YouTube page, so you can go to the top of the lines. Um, you can go to the top of the lines 
web page there and it'll say video and you can click on it there and take a look at all that stuff and of course play picks as well so we've got that youtube page we're breaking down all the things guys we really appreciate appreciate you listening we'll be back early next week talking about all the things that happened in week five looking ahead to week six